أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين إهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين We finished off on the note yesterday that in the dua that we make to Allah Ta'ala in Surah Al-Fatiha we are asking Allah Ta'ala to guide us to the straight path اِهْدِنَ الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ Then Allah Ta'ala has defined Sirat-e-Mustaqeem for us. What is Sirat-e-Mustaqeem? What is the straight path? The straight path Allah Ta'ala says, Sirat al-Ladheena an'amta alayhim. That ask in these words, Ya Allah, guide us to the path of those whom you have favored. Not those upon whom your wrath has come, and neither those who are astray. So the question is, that the path that we are being guided towards is in reality the path of the Quran and Sunnah. There can be no success in any other way. The only success is in following the Quran Sharif and the Mubarak Sunnah of Rasulullah So when that is the case, so what was the point in that the entire definition has highlighted people? Sirat al-Ladheena, the path of those, the path of such people whom you have favored. Whereas the path of those people who Allah Ta'ala favored, their path was the path of the Quran and Sunnah. They became such people that Allah favored because they were steadfast on the Quran and Sunnah. So that's how they became favored. So the short definition was not taken and this lengthier definition so obviously it is Allah Ta'ala's Kalam. So Allah Ta'ala's Kalam, there is nothing that is just by chance, nothing that is without its very deep meaning and significance. So one is this ayat of the Quran Sharif, where Allah Ta'ala guides us or defines Sirat al-Mustaqim by means of people. Sirat al-Ladheena an'amta alayhim. And in another ayat, Allah Ta'ala then highlights the further explanation of Alladheena an'amta alayhim minan nabiyyin wa siddiqeen wa shuhada'i wa salihin. So the point in this is that one is the book of guidance. But the book of guidance, a person directly with the book alone cannot gain that training, that nurturing, that direction. A person will need somebody to guide him. And therefore this has always been Allah Ta'ala's system that from the time of Adam Alayhi Salaam Allah Ta'ala sent down Kitabullah so he sent down Rijalullah. Allah Ta'ala sent down his book so with his book he sent a messenger. And the messenger came first he was first granted Nubuat and Risalat and then the book of Allah Ta'ala was revealed to him. So this has always been the system of Allah Ta'ala that for the guidance of man Allah Ta'ala sent men, people, and endowed them with the knowledge of Allah Ta'ala's kalam and Allah's book. And then the last and final Nabi of Allah Ta'ala, 
Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So he was also blessed with the book of Allah Ta'ala. But Allah Ta'ala made him the guide that he will guide through the book of Allah Ta'ala. So the book of Allah Ta'ala is the fountainhead and the source of everything. But the explanations of it has come via Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Allah Ta'ala made him the being that was then made to guide. Though hidayat comes from Allah Ta'ala, but Allah Ta'ala declares, إِنَّكَ لَتَهْدِي إِلَىٰ سِرَاطٍ مُسْتَقِيمٍ The same sirat-e mustaqim that we are asking for, Allah Ta'ala declares to Nabiya Kareem that indeed you guide to the sirat-e mustaqim. Now, we just mentioned that hidayat comes from Allah Ta'ala alone, and in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala is saying to Nabiya Kareem wasallam, إِنَّكَ لَتَهْدِي with emphasis, indeed you guide to the straight path. So the, there's no contradiction in the two. Nabi Kareem sallallahu he invites people towards Allah Ta'ala. He invited people towards the truth, towards the Quran Sharif, towards the path to Jannat. So that inviting people towards Allah Ta'ala and explaining to them, helping them to try and understand, guiding them, that is the guidance. But that hidayat coming in the heart, whereby a person finally takes the step and accepts Iman, that hidayat comes from Allah alone. Nobody can put Iman in anybody's heart. And Nabi Kareem sallallahu as much as he dearly wished for his uncle to accept Islam, but he left without it, tragically. But that is what Allah Ta'ala, then in another ayat of the Quran Sharif, consoled Nabi Kareem sallallahu by saying, إِنَّكَ لَا تَهْدِي مَنْ أَحْبَبْتَ وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ يَهْدِي مَنْ يَشَاءَ You cannot give this iman to who you wish. Allah grants it to who He wishes. And that's Allah Ta'ala's prerogative. And nobody has any right to question Allah Ta'ala. But you guide people in the form of showing them the path, that this is the path to Jannat, and inviting them to that straight and clear path. So it was the system of Allah Ta'ala from the beginning, that with Kitabullah, with the book of Allah Ta'ala, Allah always sent Rijalullah. Nabi Kareem Salasam was the last and final messenger, no Nabi to come after him. Kitabullah was to remain with the Ummah till Qiyamah, but the same system was to be maintained. That Kitabullah will be learned by people via Rijalullah. So had Allah Ta'ala mentioned and defined Sirat al-Mustaqeem, that Sirat al-Qur'ani was Sunnah, then everybody would have taken it upon himself to take the Qur'an Sharif and decide what he thinks that the Qur'an Sharif is saying to him. So it is very much like a person now has got some serious medical condition, he has a heart problem, he has some cancer, Allah Ta'ala save us from all these and save everybody from all these issues. But now he decides that since now the books are all available, everything is available at the press of a button, What's the need to go and pay the hefty fees somewhere to some physician? He will decide to do what he wants to do. He can study. He has a very good understanding of the language. He is quite intelligent. He has a very high IQ. So what is the need for him to see a physician and to go to anybody who is an expert in the field? He will treat himself. So anybody who decides to treat himself for his heart ailments, for, his, for the heart attack that he suffered, for some severe ailment, then it won't be short of something like suicide, that for something so severe, he decided to become the doctor. Therefore, if a person who is not 
skilled, he has not trained to become a medical person, a doctor, and he treats somebody. And he administers some treatment which results in the person dying, he will be guilty. He will be guilty of taking the person's life. It will be called Qatl Khata. It is not on the same level of a deliberate killing, but what in the legal circles might be some other lesser charge, manslaughter or whatever they call it, Allah knows. But the point is that this person, even in Sharia, is deemed guilty. Why? Because he doesn't have that expertise. So he doesn't have that expertise and now he's, one is home remedies for things that now are day-to-day issues, but something major, something serious, and now he decided to now administer treatment which he has no idea about. So for the physical health, for the physical self, we all abide by this principle. Person wants to build a house and he decides that the engineer's fees are very high, he will do the engineering himself. And he has no idea about engineering and he's building a multi-story building. And he went around, saw how they were putting some pieces of steel together. So he decided that I saw what's going on and resorting to some books and he decided to do the engineering on his own. So if everybody gets to know beforehand that this is the engineer on site who has not studied at all to do anything with engineering, then they will tell him that this, you may wish, live in this home if you wish, don't even invite us. Even if you invite us for the opening ceremony too, we're not coming. Because this is bound to crash on somebody. So nobody takes a chance in all these things without the help of an expert. Everybody understands that for your physical health, for that engineering, you have to resort to the experts. For the Quran Sharif, for the path of Hidayat, for the guidance to Akhirat, a person decides that he is expert enough to take the Quran Sharif on his own and try to figure out what is the law of Allah Ta'ala that is being put forward to him, then he is dealing with something even more dangerous than the person who has no idea about engineering and is building a multi-story building on his own. That is less dangerous compared to this. This system that deen would be passed on in terms of the nurturing, the training, the guiding and the giving the direction to people, it will happen via people. Because a book, it can present the facts, the book can present the details, but it is men that train men. It is people that train people. That is the system Allah has made. So it is the book and the Quran Sharif itself that is the basis. That is the basis on which the training will take place. The guidance will take place. But it is men who will train the men. Therefore it is not just anybody. Repeatedly the word is being used. Rijalullah. That with Kitabullah, with the book of Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala sent the people of Allah Ta'ala. When Sayyidina Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala an, he sent Hazrat Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala an, and Hazrat Ammar bin Yasir radiallahu ta'ala an. He sent them to, to the people of Kufa. So he said to them, or to Sham itself, so he said to them, I'm sending these two very prominent Sahaba. They both have been people who participated in Badr. And they are among the elite Sahaba. So having now given all their titles and accolades, he said, I'm sending Ammar bin Yasir as your Amir, and I'm sending 
Abdullah bin Mas'ud as your Mu'allim and teacher. And then he gave their, all their titles and accolades. They are Sahaba that participated in Badr. Because that was the that privilege of those who participated in Badr. Among the Sahaba, they were the highest ranking Sahaba. Even among the angels, those angels that participated in Badr, they have the highest rank among the angels. That was Yawmul Furqan, the day of decision and criterion. So in any case, he said they are Sahaba that participated in Badr. They are among the elite Sahaba. Then he said to them that, فَتَعَلَّمُوا مِنْهُمَا وَقْتَدُوا بِهِمَا So therefore you learn from them and follow them very closely. I'm sending these two people, you learn from them. The Quran Sharif was already with them. They had many Sahaba among them that were very much expert in the Quran Sharif as well. But still, Hazrat Umar sent these two very elite Sahaba, very high ranking Sahaba, and gave the instruction to everybody that you follow them now. They will give you the direction and you follow in their direction. Nabi Kareem sent Hazrat Mu'adh bin Jabal radiallahu ta'ala to Yemen in his lifetime. And when he sent Hazrat Mu'adh to Yemen, he said to the people of Yemen that you now, this is the person that will teach you. Hazrat Mu'adh was sent for that purpose. He was sent as an Amir as well, he was sent as a governor, and he was sent as a Mu'allim and Qazi as well. So he was the person now that they had to turn to for their guidance and for their that for the understanding of Sirat al-Mustaqim. Once Hazrat Urwa bin Zubair he said to Hazrat Abbas that this fatwa that you have given is contrary to the fatwa of Abu Bakr and Umar There was some fatwa, some issue, some mas'ala regarding some matter of Hajj. So Abbas gave a certain fatwa in that regard. And in that regard, he quoted a hadith of Nabi Kareem sallallahu Or didn't quote a hadith, he quoted an action that he saw Nabi Kareem sallallahu do. And Hazrat Abu Bakr and Umar their fatwa was not the same, it was actually the opposite. Opposite or much different. So when Hazrat Urwa said to Hazrat Abbas that what is this now that you're giving this fatwa? Whereas Abu Bakr and Umar their fatwa is not in accordance to this, it's different. So he was an elderly person compared to all of them. He was the uncle of Nabi Kareem sallam. This was after the passing away of Nabi sallam. So he got a bit upset and he sort of scolded him. And he said, This is what has led you people astray. I am saying this is what I saw Nabi sallam do. You telling me about Abu Bakr and Umar. So now, that sounds like there's no nothing that can be said further to this. What can be said to that? So the Urwa, Urwa is junior in every sense to him. But he said to him respectfully that Abu Bakr and Umar knew Nabi better than you knew him. So the narrator of this, Ibn Abi Mulaika who was present there, he says that Hazrat Abbas kept quiet. And he had no answer for this. In other words, he acknowledged, yes, what you are saying, that definitely is a point. That yes, there might have been some occasion when Nabi Islam did something, which I might have witnessed, but there might have been a subsequent occasion where something different then came in, and the previous aspect was abrogated. And there are so many aspects, there was a gradual uh, development of things. So initially there was one 
instruction and gradually it was developed and something further came. This is like a physician, a doctor, sometimes he sees a patient and then he tells the patient to take this but you come back after three days. And after three days he changes the medication. So now the patient says, but now you made me come all the way, you should have told me, given me that from the day one. Now you made me go three days. But now he doesn't understand that that was meant to first treat something that will now make the second medication more effective. Or that immediately he gave him the first medication, his body is not going to react correctly to this. He needs something first to now calm certain things down, then the next step will be now more beneficial for him. That's just as a very broad example. Allah Ta'ala's hikmat and wisdom, where do we, can we ever fathom the reality of it and the details of it? In the Quran Sharif, the ayat, which initially there was one command, then later that was abrogated and there was something in place of it. So therefore, Abu Bakr and Umar they were far more senior in knowledge, in every other aspect. So their fatwa took precedence in this matter. So the same applies now, that till Qiyamah the system will be in place. That the book of Allah Ta'ala, the direction and guidance and the sirat mustaqim will be attained via people who are experts in Kitabullah and sunnat Rasulullah. Those who are experts in the book of Allah Ta'ala and the sunnat of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, they have that knowledge, they have been uh, trained and tutored by people of deep and sound knowledge with an unbroken chain all the way up to the Sahaba Kiram and to Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, via them that knowledge now will transfer. And the person who decides to do his own thing, Allah forbid, he will be astray and lead others astray. So this has always been the system and this knowledge has always passed on heart to heart. But the direction, the book of Allah was the source of the guidance. But the knowledge transferred from Nabi Kareem to the Sahaba Ikram, from the Sahaba to the Tabi'een, from the Tabi'een to the Tabi'i Tabi'een, and in this manner it came down to us. So this is that unbroken chain, and this is the system via which this will continue. In this, the very important thing is, as we said, Rijalullah, so people who have Iman, they have correct knowledge which they receive from authentic teachers who themselves had learnt at the feet of their ustads and they have proper amal in their lives to the extent that one can ascertain and see that they are people of the sunnah in light of the opinion and the view of generally the pious and the learned people that this is a person who has that sound knowledge and he's a person of the sunnah and that is the general guide that that is the person from whom one will take the knowledge and just now going to anything and everything, just pressing buttons and this scholar here, that scholar there and somebody has a very captivating way of saying something. So that became the basis of him becoming the expert because he can say something in a very eloquent way. Whereas what are his credentials, who he learned from, did he learn in some Jewish university perhaps and got his doctorate there in Islam. And these things are happening and then what not is taking place. Recently somebody said some, some message was going around that this certain scholar, this is the person you should refer to. Somewhere overseas, some person in some other country, and, but he is now available through the social media and whatever else, websites. So this is the person you should resort to for all your advice. He is an expert. Yes, there is one issue, he is pro-LGBT, but besides that, he is expert advice.
Now that person became the expert despite being pro-LGBT. Now imagine somebody tells you that this person take his advice, he's an expert, but it's just that he's pro-zina. Now this was in some woman giving the advice to other woman. So now if some woman now, she has to pass this advice on, this person, tell your husbands also, that you must take advice from this person. Very good advice, but just that he's pro-zina. Now what's the difference between that and this? In terms of the perspective of Shariat. This person gives excellent advice, but he's pro-pog. What's the difference? But now this is when people think that they know too much and they have the expert knowledge of everything and whereas they have no idea of what is the reality they have no idea about the knowledge of the Quran and Sunnah but now they decide to now take people in this direction and that direction they themselves are astray, lead others astray person who is pro these kind of things, where is Iman left? in other words that person's view is that this kind of filthy lifestyle is permissible so Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran Sharif in the various ayat and in the discussion of Lut alayhi salatu wasalam and the, what azab came upon his people Lut alayhi salam's response to them inni li'amalikum minal qaleen that I disgust your actions now this person says the Quran Sharif may say it's disgusting but he believes that no it's fine so now the Quran Sharif is saying it's disgusting but he says it's fine so where's his iman and now he's the person that he's being referred to Resort to him for advice. So we have to be very, very conscious about this. This is one aspect that was already foretold to us, and Nabi Karim Sallallahu Alaihi warned us about this. That among the things in ummati, among the things that I fear most from, for my ummah, kulla munafiqin alimil lisan, a munafiq with a knowledgeable tongue, meaning there's knowledge words apparently which sound like knowledge. The person might be able to quote many things, but the distortion that he's bringing out of those quotations, that's another matter. But to the layman, what can he distinguish where's tahrif and where's the distortion taking place? He just hears one person quoted five ayat and he quoted ten hadith and he quoted something else. What really is the meaning of that ayat of the Quran Sharif? What really is the meaning of the Hadith Sharif? And in the light of the entire Quran Sharif and Hadith Sharif to understand that reality of that this ordinary person what does he understand of that but now he just heard somebody that can say something very eloquently very in a very captivating manner he has the audience spellbound so now therefore you just take what, whatever he gives take it hook, hook line and then sinker but that hook line and sinker Allah forbid will make a person's iman sink he'll destroy his iman so we have to become very careful about this this is the guidance Allah gave us already and this is what we have been every rakat of every salah sirat al-ladheena an'amta alayhim Ya Allah the path of those whom you have favored person who believes something that the Quran has declared disgusting he believes it's okay can he be among the favored so these are things that unfortunately are increasing by the day these are all fitnas that are the tsunami of fitna that is coming this is a very delicate time this is a very delicate time. This has been a time people prior, previously also, they said this time has come. If this time came in some centuries ago, where some people, they pointed out the Hadith Sharif, what it's saying, and saying, we've seen this. Already the time has come. So how much has it now applied in our time? When Nabi Salaam said, time will come. Yusbihur rajulu mu'minan wa yumsi kafira. 
person in the morning will have iman before the evening he lost it person had iman in the evening before the morning he lost it why? because of some dunya he sold his iman and likewise this too is all part of it that a person just takes anything from anywhere before he knows it he's lost his iman Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq that we stay far away from all the things that are leading us say Allah Ta'ala keep us on sirat al-mustaqim and save us from all the misguidance وآخر دعوانا عن الحمد لله